Part 3 Chapter 19 Oh, goodness, hello, Grandma Carla let out a squeal of surprise. A smile wrinkled her round face. She pushed open the screen door for me. How are you? I cried, wrapping her in a hug. Her tiny body felt frail, almost brittle. I loosened my hug and stepped back to look at her. Her gray-blue eyes were as bright as ever, but the rest of her face had faded. She was tinier and more bird-like than I recalled. She reminded me of the flamingos I'd seen one summer in Florida, like a flamingo whose pink color had faded to powder white. It's so good to see you, she said, grinning at me. I, I'm just so shocked. She placed a hand over the chest of her pale blue house dress. She led the way toward the kitchen table against the wall. She walked slowly, a small step at a time. I guessed that her arthritis was bothering her. The house smelled of roast chicken. I saw a large soup pot steaming on the stove. I suddenly remembered I hadn't eaten since breakfast. I turned to see Grandma Carla leaning both hands on a chair back, staring hard at me. She scratched her curly hair. Now, let me see. When were you here last? Two summers ago? Yes, I believe it was. I think so, Grandma, I said uncertainly. I gazed around her toward the front of the house. Is Nicole here? I blurted out. What? She narrowed her eyes at me. Is Nicole here? I repeated. Nicole told me that she might be coming up here to visit you, so I thought... I couldn't read Grandma Carlo's expression at all. Her bottom lip quivered, and she stared thoughtfully at me. Did Lucy show up here in my body? I wondered, staring back at the old woman. Did Lucy warn her not to tell her that she was me? Come sit down, Grandma Carla said, pulling out the kitchen chair for me. When did you leave Shadyside? This morning? A little after two, I told her. She raised her eyes to the sunburst clock above the double sink. It's nearly five-thirty. You must be starving. I, I am kind of hungry, I replied. Sit down, she urged. It's lucky that I put up a pot of soup. I don't usually make so much since it's just me, but today... You made a big pot because Lucy is here, I thought to myself. Please, sit down, she insisted. I obediently walked over to the table and sat down in a wooden high-backed chair. I turned when I heard her shuffle from the room. Grandma Carla, you didn't answer my question, I called after her. Is Nicole here? Back in a minute, she called. We'll have a nice talk. Something about the way she said that made me suspicious. I felt a knot of dread form in my stomach. Quietly, I climbed up from the chair. I crept into the hallway, following her, keeping my back pressed against the wall. I was a few feet from the living room when I heard her on the phone, calling the police. Chapter 20 I turned to the kitchen. My first thought was to run, to get out of there, away from the farm. But I stopped and stood frozen in the hallway. I had come so far, and I had been running for so long. I can't keep running, I told myself. I have to get my body back. I have to get my life back. I burst into the living room just as Grandma Carla hung up the phone. She turned, startled. Oh! I stormed up to her angrily, my hands balled into tight fists. Why? I demanded in a trembling voice. She stared back but didn't answer. I could see fear growing in her eyes. Why? I repeated. My body began to shake with rage. I felt myself going out of control. It will be okay. I called for help, she said. She tried to back away from me, but I followed her. She suddenly looked even more frail and bird-like. I, I trusted you, I cried. I've always trusted you. Why did you call them? Why won't you help me? Her blue eyes stared hard into mine. Let's sit down and talk about it, okay? She suggested softly. Sit down and wait for the police to come and grab me and haul me away from murders I didn't commit? 
Her quiet suggestion made me even angrier. I just came to find Nicole, I told the old woman through gritted teeth. Nicole is here, isn't she? Isn't she? Grandma Carla didn't reply. She bit her lower lip. Her lips had lost all color, had become as pale as her face. Her eyes went to the living room window. I knew she was watching for the police car. I reached out and grabbed both of her arms. Tell me where Nicole is, I pleaded. Please, tell me where she is, and I'll go. I promise I'll leave and never come back. I must have squeezed her arms too hard. Grandma Carla winced in pain. I loosened my grip, but I held on to her. I had the feeling that if I let go, she would slip away, vanish into thin air, leave me alone to face the police. I don't know where she is, Grandma Carla replied, her eyes on the big picture window. Why won't you tell me the truth, I screamed. I thought I heard a car crunching over gravel. I dropped her frail, bone-like arms. I spun away. I had no choice, I realized. I had to run. Lucy's grandmother wasn't going to help me, even though she thought I was Lucy. Wait, come back, she called as I ran to the back. Please wait. I ignored her shouts, shoved open the kitchen door, and plunged out into the backyard. A soft breeze rustled the cornstalks in the field behind the barn. I turned one way, then the other, searching for a hiding place. I knew I couldn't run far. I was too weary, too tired of running. My eyes stopped at the old stone well to the right of the barn. The water was contaminated. The well hadn't been used in years. Could I hide inside it? Hang on to the stones on the side? Wedge myself in? No, I decided. Too scary. What if I fell? Plunged down into the filthy water. I'd drown before anyone could find me and drag me out. Could I hide in the cornfield? Maybe for a while. But the corn wasn't quite as tall as me. I'd have to stoop and crawl. The police would find me easily. An open field couldn't hide me for long. I heard a car door slam beside the house. The sound forced me to move. I began running across the tall grass to the barn. I had no choice, I decided. They'd search the barn, but there were good hiding places inside. I could bury myself in a mound of hay or straw, or squeeze into the old tool closet behind the tractor stall. I heard a second car door slam. The sound sent a jolt down my body, tightening my leg muscles, making my heart pound. Running as hard as I could, I bolted into the barn. My feet slid on the straw that blanketed the dirt floor. I stopped for a moment, allowing my eyes to adjust to the darkness. The air felt cool. I gasped in a deep breath. Another. It smelled so sweet. So many memories came flooding back to me, triggered by the familiar aromas of the barn. So many wonderful days, so many happy moments. I forced back a sob. I knew I had no time for memories. Gray light filtered down from the dirty window in the hayloft above me. In a dim light, I saw a tall pile of straw against the side wall, neatly stacked in tied bundles. I could hide behind it, I told myself, but isn't that the first place they will search? I took a few steps deeper into the barn. I stopped when I heard a rustling sound, the scrape of dry straw. Footsteps? No, probably a field mouse, I told myself. My eyes searched for a hiding place. I saw Grandma Carla's rusted old tractor in the corner stall. I could duck behind it, I told myself scrunched down behind the back tires. But they'd find me there easily. The straw pile was the best place, I told myself. For now, anyway. It would hide me for a while. And I could peer out from behind it and watch the police trying to find me. The dry straw on the barn floor crackled beneath my sneakers as I made my way to the tall bundles. I slipped behind the tallest bundle and bumped into another person hiding back there. Oh! I let out a startled shriek. And then I recognized her. Lucy! I cried. You are here. Chapter 21 She gaped at me in shock. We grabbed onto each other. I had been so angry, so furious at her. 
but now, to my surprise, I felt glad to see her. The chase is over, I thought, no more running. In the gray light from the loft window above, I stared at her, stared at my face, my body. She wore a dark blue, long-sleeved top of mine over white tennis shorts. Her brown hair fell loosely over her shoulders. I wrapped my arms around her waist and hugged her. I let go when she didn't respond, didn't hug me back. You're here, I repeated. I finally found you. She narrowed her eyes, my eyes, at me. She still hadn't said a word. I felt overcome by emotion, a dozen emotions all at once. I felt angry and relieved and joyful and confused all at once. Lucy, why? I managed to choke out. Why did you do it? Why did you kill them? And why did you run from me? She lowered her eyes. I can't explain, she whispered. You have to explain, I cried. I leaned past the straw to check the barn door. No sign of the police officers, yet. You have to explain, Lucy, I repeated in a trembling voice. And we have to switch back. She mumbled a reply. I couldn't hear it. She continued to avoid my stare. I want my body back, I insisted. I want to switch back her bodies. Now, do you hear me? She finally raised her eyes to me. Sad eyes. Cold eyes. We can't switch back, she said softly. Huh? Why not? I demanded angrily. I'm not Lucy, she replied. Lucy switched bodies with me this afternoon. My name is Nancy. Chapter 22 you're lying, I told her, feeling my anger grow. You're lying, Lucy. She shook her head. Her dark eyes brimmed with tears. I don't believe you, I insisted. You can cry all you want. I'm not stupid. Do you really think I'm stupid enough to believe you? Her chin trembled. The large tears rolled slowly down her cheeks. She made no effort to wipe them away. It's the truth, she whispered. I don't care if you believe me or not. I don't even know your name. My name is Nicole, I replied through clenched teeth. But I'm inside Lucy's body and you're in mine, Lucy. I repeated her name again and again, so angry, so out of control, so desperate for her to be Lucy and not some stranger. Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. Stop it, she pleaded. Stop. She held her hands over her ears and shut her eyes. Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. I wanted to grab her and shake her, shake her hard, shake her till she confessed that she really was Lucy. I'm not Lucy, she insisted. I'm Nancy. Lucy forced me to switch. She forced me. Then she... She took my body, and she ran away. More tears rolled down her face. Her whole body began to tremble. I took a step back, watching her. I realized I was beginning to believe her. You... You really aren't Lucy? I stammered. She shook her head. Tears fell onto the straw on the barn floor. She forced me to switch. Now what am I going to do? I heard the scrape of straw. Heavy thuds. I turned to see a dark figure enter the barn. The police. We've got to hide, I whispered. To my surprise, Nancy had a smile on her face. Her dark eyes gleamed. The police are here, I warned, whispering softly. We have to hide. Her grin widened. She shook her head. Nicole, you really are an idiot, she said. You really believe that dumb story? Lucy? I cried. She nodded, grinning triumphantly. She had fooled me. There was no Nancy. She was Lucy. I had found her. I made an angry grab for her. But she sidestepped away. Then she spun around the bundle of straw and started to run. Hey! I called in a whisper. I forgot about the police. I started to chase after her. I couldn't let her get away again. In the dimming gray light, I saw her dart out through the barn door. I ran harder. I was only ten or twenty steps behind her. She ran toward the old well, her sneakers pounding the ground, her brown hair flying wildly behind her. Crickets chirped shrilly all around. I heard a dog howling mournfully in the distance. It was as if the entire farm had suddenly come alive. 
as if all the plants and creatures around me were sounding their excitement. I squinted in the darkness, my eyes locked on Lucy. She was running hard, only a few yards from the old well now. What did she plan to do, I wondered. Did she plan to hide in there? I tried to run faster, to catch up with her, but I heard the thud of footsteps behind me. I heard a groan, heavy breathing, and then I felt strong arms wrap around my legs. Oh! I uttered a startled cry as I was tackled and dragged to the ground. Let me go, I shrieked. I can't let her get away again. But the two hands held me down. I kicked my legs, thrashed my arms frantically. I couldn't get away. With an angry cry, I turned to face my pursuer. When I gazed into his face, I gasped in horror. Kent, I choked out. Kent, no, it can't be you. You're dead. You're dead. He narrowed his eyes at me coldly. Nicole, I've come for you, he said. Chapter 23 He let go of me and climbed to his feet. Then he reached out for my hands and pulled me up. His hands were warm. He was breathing hard. Kent, you're dead, I murmured. I saw you. Your head... The words choked in my throat. I'm okay, he replied softly. No, I insisted. I was in your house. I saw you in your den. I saw the blood, Kent. I was there. He placed a calming hand on my trembling shoulders. Shh, he whispered. Take a deep breath, Nicole. Try to calm down. I followed you here. I've come to help you. I obeyed his instruction, but I knew it would take more than a deep breath to calm me down. I felt too confused, too frightened. I had too many questions. How did he find me? Why did he come? Who did I see lying dead on the floor in Kent's den? Kent, I started. But he pressed a finger over my lips. Shh, it's okay, he repeated softly. It's okay, Nicole. Then you know, I exclaimed. You know that Lucy and I switched bodies? He nodded. Yes, I know all about it, he said. He wrapped his arms around my shoulders. The arm felt heavy and solid. It felt real. He isn't a ghost, I thought, staring at him, studying his solemn face. He's really here. He's alive. Let's go in the house, he urged, leading me across the tall grass. Let's go sit down in the house. I'm going to help you, Nicole. That's why I followed you here. But, but Lucy, I stammered. In my shock at seeing Kent, I had forgotten about her. I spun away from the barn. I saw her head poke up from inside the well. I saw two pale hands grasping the jagged gray stones at the top. Help me, Lucy called. Nicole, hurry. I'm slipping. I'm going to fall. Lucy, I called to her and started to run, but Kent grabbed me around the waist and held me back. Hurry, Lucy called. Hurry, Nicole. I, I can't hold on any longer. I can't. Her head disappeared behind the wall of the well. I saw one pale hand slip off. I had to get to her. I had to save her. But Kent tightened his grip around my waist. Kent, what's wrong with you? I shrieked. Let me go. Let me go. Let her drown, he murmured in my ear. Chapter 24 Are you crazy? I cried. I twisted my body, ducked low, tried to break away. Nicole, her shrill, frightened voice echoing inside the old well. Please, hurry. I can't hold on. I can't. Let her drown, Kent repeated coldly, casually, with no emotion at all. But she's my friend, I screamed, and she's in my body. She's going to drown in my body. With a desperate tug, I loosened Kent's grip. Then I shot both elbows back hard. I heard him groan in surprise as my elbows jammed into his stomach. He let out a weak cry of pain, and his hands dropped away. I stumbled forward, fell to my knees, leaped up. Lucy, I'm coming. Hold on. Please, hold on, I called. I ran across the grass, my arms outstretched as if reaching for her. Hold on! Hold on! I cried. My heart thudding, I reached the well, grabbed her hand. Yes, grabbed it. 
got it, and felt it slip from my grasp. The long, red fingernails scratched my palm as the hand slid away. The hands disappeared from view. I gripped warm air. Nothing but air. I heard Lucy's terrified scream all the way down. All the way. All the way. Her echoing scream. And then a heavy splash. Chapter 25 Lucy! Lucy! I didn't even know I was shrieking her name. I leaned over the side, peered down, down, down into the darkness. Lucy! Lucy! The well was so dark, so deep. I couldn't see her, but I could hear her frantic splashes, hear her short, gasping cries of terror. I could picture her arms and legs thrashing wildly, slapping at the water. I could picture her face twisted in horror, arched back out of the water, sucking in breath after breath. The water must be so cold, so dirty. I could picture her hands reaching up, desperately grabbing at the wet stones of the wall, slipping off, slipping off again, grabbing and slipping, grabbing and slipping. Lucy! Lucy! I could hear the wild thrashing, the echoing splashes, her desperate, hopeless attempts to stay afloat. Help me! Nicole! Her voice floated up, ringing as if in a vast cavern. She sounded so far away, miles and miles away. She called up only once. Lucy, I'm here. Lucy, keep swimming. Lucy, don't give up. Leaning over the side, staring into the deep darkness, I shouted down to her. But she didn't call up again, and the splashing sound stopped a few seconds later. And I stared down, feeling the coldness of the stones on my waist, leaned further down, listening, listening, listening to the deep silence, listening to her drown, drown in my body, my best friend, drowned at the bottom of the old well in my body. I let out a sob as strong hands grabbed my shoulders. Kent pulled me up, away from the well. Kent! She! She! I stammered. He held me gently, pulled me close. I know, he whispered. Nicole, I know. I couldn't help her, I choked out, my entire body starting to shake. I couldn't save her, Kent. I couldn't do anything for her. Nothing at all. I know, he repeated tenderly. I know. He held me tightly and guided me toward the house. We were halfway across the yard when Lucy stepped out from behind a tall evergreen shrub. Her hair fell, wet and tangled with mud and leaves, to her shoulders. Her clothes were soaked, her white tennis shorts stained with mud. My mouth dropped open. I tried to call her name, but no sound came out. I felt my knees buckle, my legs go weak, felt myself start to slip to the ground. But Kent held me up, held on to me tightly, as if holding himself up too. Walking slowly and deliberately, she stepped in front of us. She pushed the wet, matted hair off her face with both hands. She had the strangest smile on her pale lips. A pleased smile. A triumphant smile. Lucy? I finally managed to choke out. Lucy? How did you get out? I wanted to run to her, to throw my arms around her, to hug her and cry for joy. But her cold smile held me back. You, you're out! You're here! I cried. Her emerald eyes locked on mine. She didn't utter a sound. My body is okay, I found myself thinking. A shameful thought, I know. I should have been thinking only of my friend, but staring at her, at her and my body, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help it. I found myself thinking, there's still a chance Lucy and I can switch back. Still a chance I can get my own body back from her. She moved quickly. I felt Kent's hand slide off my shoulder as Lucy dived forward. He uttered a short cry of surprise as Lucy grabbed his head in both hands. Let's switch, Kent, Lucy said, her voice watery and strained. Let's switch, okay? 
Kent tried to pull back, but Lucy proved too strong for him. Gripping both sides of his head, she gave it a hard twist and wrenched the head off his shoulders with one strong tug. Chapter 26 The head made a tearing sound as Lucy ripped it off, like the scrape of Velcro. Lucy's eyes lit up and her grin spread across her face as she held Kent's head up high. I uttered a long howl of terror, of disbelief. I shut my eyes. I couldn't bear to see his lifeless head, frozen forever in an expression of shock and horror. I couldn't bear to see Lucy's gleeful grin. Let's switch. Lucy's shrill scream rose into the air like a wailing siren. Let's switch. Come on, let's switch. I kept my eyes closed. I never wanted to open them again. Let's switch, Lucy shrieked. Come on, Nicole. You switch heads with Kent, and then I'll switch with you. Her high laugh made my entire body shudder. A few seconds later, I heard a car door slam. I opened my eyes in time to see two men climb out of a black car and come running across the grass. Two gray-suited men, the Shadyside police officers. They came charging up to me. Each of them took one of my arms. Their grip was gentle but firm. My heart pounded in a wild, unnatural rhythm. My breath caught in my throat. I couldn't speak, couldn't shout out my fear, my terror. I searched for Lucy and Kent, but they had vanished. Hearing another car rumble up Grandma Carla's driveway, I turned. The car was filled with people. All four doors opened at once. I saw my parents climb out and gazed my way. Then I recognized Lucy's parents. Not dead? The Kramers? Not dead? And then Kent climbed out of the back seat. They surrounded me quickly, all talking at once. The two gray-suited men stepped back as my mom threw her arms around me, hugged me, hugged me so tight, weeping, her shoulders trembling. I could feel mom's hot tears on my face. Nicole! Nicole! She whispered my name, pressing her cheek against mine. When she backed away, Dad hugged me too. The two gray-suited men stood tensely at my sides. Blinking away my own tears, struggling to lift the confusion from my mind, I stared at the Kramers and at Kent, not dead, not murdered, all of them alive. And then I saw Grandma Carla in the middle of the group. We're so sorry, Mom was telling her. We're so sorry Nicole came up here and troubled you. We thought Nicole was okay. We really thought she was over it. Over it? What was Mom talking about? Nicole's been okay for nearly a year, Mom told Grandma Carla. No wild nightmares, no hallucinations, no identity problems. I shook my head, trying to clear it. I desperately wanted to understand Mom, but I couldn't. I turned and saw Dad talking to Kent. Kent, that was good of you to tell us Nicole had slipped again, Dad was saying, and so decent of you to follow her here. We've had these two doctors from the hospital on her trail. Dad pointed to the gray-suited men. But we would never have found Nicole without you. Hospital workers? They weren't police officers? Kent muttered something, his eyes on the ground. I couldn't hear what he said. They were all talking at once. It was so hard to understand. I turned to see Grandma Carla shake her head fretfully. Poor Lucy has been dead for three years, she said sadly. That horrible, horrible car accident. Her voice trailed off. She let out a long sigh. Nicole started having the hallucinations right after Lucy died, Mom explained to her. She started seeing horrible things. They were all in her mind, but they were so real to her. Grandma Carla tisked-tisked, shaking her head sadly. Mom continued, After Lucy died, Nicole started talking to her, imagining that Lucy was still with her, and sometimes, sometimes... Mom's voice caught in her throat. She swallowed hard. Sometimes Nicole even imagines that she is Lucy, she told Grandma Carla. 
She just can't accept the fact that Lucy has been dead for three years, Dad added sadly. You'll get her the help she needs, Grandma Carla replied softly. She'll be okay, I'm sure. They continued talking. Their voices blended into each other, became just sound to me. I didn't really care what they were saying. I felt happy now. I felt happy to see them. Happy and relieved that I didn't have to run anymore. Happy that everyone was alive and okay. So happy that I didn't even put up a fight as the two gray-suited men led me to their car. Chapter 27 That happened nearly six months ago. Now I'm doing really well. I'm feeling so much better. My nightmares have stopped. I haven't had one in weeks and weeks. I sleep so peacefully now, like a baby. I haven't seen any more horrible murders. I realize now that they were all in my mind, all just frightening hallucinations. They seemed so real, I believed them to be true. But I know better now. The ugly hallucinations are behind me, and I intend to keep them behind me. I have such a positive attitude. I feel so good about myself lately. I guess the main reason I feel so wonderful is that Lucy comes to visit me every day. Such a good friend. She hasn't missed a single day. It has meant so much to me. Seeing Lucy at my bedside every day has really helped to speed my recovery. I think the doctors are going to let me out soon. Won't that be great, Lucy? Maybe they'll let me go back to school in time for graduation, and you and I will graduate together. That will be just perfect. Won't it, Lucy? That will be just perfect. Don't you agree? This has been a Nightfall Audiobooks production of Switched by R.L. Stein, a Fear Street novel, Book 31. Hi, this is Chris with Nightfall Audiobooks. That was Switched by R.L. Stein. I gotta say, this is one of my favorites. I know, I probably say that about all the books that I read. This one is unique in that there's murders and things, but... There really isn't anything happening, except Nicole is losing her mind. Her best friend died in a car crash three years ago, and Nicole is so unable to cope with her death that she imagines that she's there, that she switches places with her, that they're in each other's bodies and they're really not. It's very imaginative. It's a really cool idea. Look at the part where Nicole goes to Lucy's house and she checks her closet. All of her clothes are gone. And she goes, oh, well, she must have packed up all of her clothes and tried to run away on me after she killed her parents. Well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because if Lucy was going to frame Nicole for the murder of her own parents, she wouldn't have had to have packed up any of her clothes. But Nicole didn't think about that. She was just running scared the entire book. In reality, Lucy's bedroom was probably empty because she's been dead for three years and her parents, you know, emptied her room out and things. and. It's really, really something with a twist at the end where Nicole goes back to the mental hospital to get further treatment. But hey, Lucy is still visiting her every single day. She's doing better. Maybe she can get out and graduate high school now. Usually, Fear Street novels revolve around murders and whodunit and supernatural things, things like that. And this is sort of both. This has a supernatural element with the changing wall and it has murders that occur quite a bit, but they're not real. The Changing Wall doesn't really exist. It's not a true Fear Street artifact because it's simply in Nicole's head, and the murders don't count because those are in Nicole's head too. The main character is the victim the entire time. She 
doesn't try to get help because she thinks that she's someone else, and that if she tries to get help, and she assumes this correctly, that no one will believe her. But then when she does talk to people, and everyone that she talks to says, Nicole, you gotta sit down, you gotta relax, what's going on? We're gonna get some help, we'll help you. And every time she overhears someone on the phone, they all call the police, they all call the hospital, they call each other, and they say, holy cow, Nicole is off a rocker again, she's seeing Lucy, she thinks she's Lucy again. So they all call, and they all try to get help. But then Nicole just takes off again, she's like, oh no, I'm stuck in Lucy's body. But you believe me, right? I didn't kill her parents, right? I mean, man, what a premise. It's such a cool idea. That about wraps it up for Switched. Thank you very much for listening to it. If you want to get in touch with me, you can. You can send me an email at nightfallaudiobooks at gmail.com. I'm also on YouTube at Nightfall Audiobooks. Like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell... Whoever you think would like to listen to me, read them Fear Street books. Thank you very much for listening, and I will see you next time.